When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Is there a reason no one seems to mention Jihuan Bay when it comes to this outfield mix? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. In the time that I spent at Pirate City this week, one of the players I'd set out to have a good talk with, not even necessarily a formal interview, just get to know him, find out how uh, how he thinks, uh, how he functions as a baseball player. It was going to be Bay. He is my big swing vote, if you will, in this lineup. I see Bay as maybe the best equipped player to take advantage of Major League Baseball's many new rules going into this season, the pitch clock, the bigger bases, the two, maximum two pickoff throws that a pitcher can make. You're allowed to make more, but you got to get the guy out or he's automatically awarded. So it's essentially it's a maximum two. And it doesn't take much to look at Bay's numbers just from the 2022 season, beginning with what was a strikingly quick adjustment to triple-A ball in Indianapolis, where he batted 289 with a 362 OBP and a 430 slug. That slug isn't going to get anybody super excited, but the 362 OBP will. Absolutely. So will, by the way, when you add them all up and come up with a 792 OPS, 180 total bases in 108 games for the Indians. Why does that matter? Well, he also had 30 steals on 38 attempts, 48 walks. You see where I'm going here. He cut down on his strikeouts, which were a bit of a problem for him at the lower levels. And he even, for good measure, hit eight home runs at 23 doubles and six triples. So it's not like the bat was lacking pop. He wasn't punching Judying the ball everywhere. He could hit it. He could really hit it. And that earned him a late-season call-up to Pittsburgh. He only appeared in 10 games, but there were 37 plate appearances. And here again, the adjustment was 
just like that. Batted 333, 405 on base percentage, same numbers, basically the same numbers as AAA. Again, just 10 games, 37 plate appearances, not a big deal, but an 830 OPS. And all of this, mind you, was obviously before the rules have gone in, since they're only just about to go in. I hope you have a chance to check out the column that I've got up on DK Pittsburgh Sports this morning. Can't miss it right on top of the site. It's a thing that I do every year where I go around the clubhouse and survey players, especially the veterans. Especially when I say that, I mean veterans, players who've been there a long time and who would know not only the major leaguers in camp, but also a lot of the prospects. And I ask them to pick a breakout guy, someone who maybe, you know, we haven't been paying enough attention to, but someone who could just rise up and surprise a lot of people. Last year, Brian Reynolds, for this column, picked Jack Sawinski. I didn't even know who Jack Sawinski was. Kind of nailed that one, huh? Well, I I won't spoil the column. I hope you can go check it out. But I will throw in that Bay was somebody who was mentioned by a couple guys, including Reynolds, as maybe having a candidacy for this because of the rules. He could steal who knows how many bases. Did you see him run the base paths in that short time he was up in Pittsburgh? He can take advantage of that shift. He can take advantage of that quick pitching clock. And he could turn that into the kind of player, let's be honest here, that we haven't seen not just in Pittsburgh, we haven't seen in baseball in a long time. I'm not saying he'll be one of the best, but I'm just talking about that type of player, Uh, someone with those characteristics. They've almost been driven out of the game. The art of just hitting the baseball where they ain't, the Tony Gwynn, Rod Carew, Wade Boggs model, the Freddie Sanchez model, if you want it locally, that's gone from the game for all intents and purposes. And it could come back. In fact, if Rob Manford has his wish, it'll come back in a big way. The Pirates, in my opinion, didn't do a whole heck of a lot to adjust to that. The free agents that they brought in, for the most part, still fit the 2022 mold. Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi. But if this kid can make his own imprint on the lineup, it's going to end up being a big deal, a lot bigger than what some might realize right now. I did talk to him about this. I wanted to get his feel on this. I I, I, I don't know him well at all. Uh, his English is plenty good enough to converse, but I just hadn't really had the opportunity. So in, on this one, I wasn't sure which way he'd go, like if he'd get defensive, like, what do you mean I'm a different kind of player? Or if he would say, heck yeah, I can't wait. Well, guess what? It was the latter. And he got real specific about the ways it would benefit. He gave me uh, these really, really intricate scenarios in which he could take advantage. Uh, He talked about how many times a baseball that came off his bat went up the middle. Would have been a hit, should have been a hit. How many times he went the other way and was disappointed He said, these are his words now, you're going to be back to having three holes in the infield again. That's how it's going to feel, he said, for me as a hitter. And for him, as he'd continue, 
If he gets on first, he's got a really, really good chance of being on second. So you can almost take that slugging percentage that I cited and kind of toss it out the window. Because if you reach first and then you reach second without any assistance from the guy at the plate, that's no different than a double. In fact, it's arguably a little bit more effective and more annoying than a double, certainly to the other team's pitcher and catcher both of whom have to adjust to you being on the base paths with their hands more tied in that regard than ever. Do you see where I'm going with this? This is fun. This is neat. This is something that wasn't in play last year other than for 10 games. That's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to in 2023 when we come back. J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Ryan Porter, who asks if Kutch and some of the other veterans do well over the first half of the season, which player or players could you see being traded? Ryan? Um, I don't know. I, I have a different feel, and, and maybe, not going to lie here to you, it's because of being around them for part of this week, for uh, getting that first-hand sense for their excitement, but not only, you know, why they would, just because it's spring training, be all geeked up. That's common everywhere. It's been common before each of these past two seasons, both of which ended up with 100 or 100 plus losses. But this is different. That's why I'm going to try to make an effort through this spring training to share little bits and pieces like what I just did in the first segment regarding Jihuan Bay, because I'm giving you now something that's specific that's substantive as opposed to just saying, yay, buckos, or whatever. I want you to know why it is that they're excited. You might not agree with it. In fact, you might think, you know, they're ridiculous or they're um, subscribing to PR or whatever it happens to be. But I'm going to first answer your question by saying that that question isn't something that would be on anyone's mind down there, not even in the deepest, darkest recesses. So for me to say which player or players could I see being traded, that's probably the most accurate answer that I can give you as for what it what it is that they're thinking about and the way they're approaching this season. Now, here's where you're going to just roll your eyes and maybe even just hit pause on this podcast permanently. But when they had their... Uh, 
big team meeting, the annual team meeting that they have in the cafeteria at Pirate City. Uh, everyone speaks from the owner on down. Bob Nutting took his turn, and he told the players that the way they are approaching this, the way they are going to talk about it in every context is that now's the time to start winning. I'm waiting for you. Okay, are you done? All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I know what kind of reaction I'm going to get when I say stuff like that, but I still, I'm still sharing with you everything that comes about. Derek Shelton had the microphone a little bit later, and he said something very similar. He said that's what we're about right now. It doesn't mean that they fancy themselves as being contenders, but they do see themselves as being competitive. And they do see themselves as being in a position where they can now take the field, not have to use it as some sort of uh, training grounds or tryout camp for every bleeping waiver guy that's available. They can now take the field with nine guys, a regular old starting rotation, and a competent, maybe better than that, bullpen, and compete to win that game. If they do that, Ryan, and here's going to be the best answer that you'll get to that question. If they get to that point and they can be competitive through the first two months, a lot of stuff's going to look very different in June. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to throw the old guys out or whatever else here, but there's a lot of different roles that certain pitchers, especially the pitchers, can get moved into when a Quinn Priester arrives, when a Mike Burroughs arrives, when a Luis Ortiz arrives, in addition to the five starters they've got here already. You can think some of the same thoughts as related to Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Leo Verpeguero. So the first two months, yes, they'll answer. They'll answer your main point. Okay, if they're a complete disaster, then yeah, okay, obviously. You trade out Carlos Santana. You trade out G-Man Choi. Uh, whatever's required. Rich Hill, somebody would want him. But that genuinely isn't the mindset. And I'm also the one who was telling you each of the previous two springs that it very much was the mindset. In fact, they even talk about it openly, meaning that you would move the vets at the deadline. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.